You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. And the latest thing I forgot was, um, oh, I want to tell you this. We have this thing called Dinner for Eights, right? It's this great thing we do every once in a while. There's another one coming up in a couple weeks where someone hosts and like six other people or, or seven other people come over and eight people just get together for dinner. It's a cool thing. So we were doing one last year. I was so excited. I was going to this thing at these other people's house. April was out of town. So, you know, usually you bring kind of like a, something. It's like a potluck. I, I made three different sides. I don't cook. I made three different sides. We have this, this crock pot thing with like the three things. I had all these sides. I was so excited. I roll up to these people's house to live in Chesterfield. I drove way up there. I get to the house. I'm coming up with my thing like dinner for eight. Guy Scott comes to the door. If you know Scott Beach, <laughs> you can imagine his face. Scott comes to the door and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, dinner for eight. I'm here for dinner for eight. He's like, that was last Friday. <laughs> Even when I put it in my calendar, I had it in my calendar, I forgot to look. I was so, I'm driving home with like literally a spoon on the passenger seat, eating these three sides. I'm like, I forget everything all the time. And listen, let me just say this to you as as, as one of your pastors here, and this is blanket apology. If I've ever forgotten to get back to you or forgotten something, don't take it personally. It's me, not you. I forget all the time. So gosh, but here's one thing. Here's one thing I've never forgotten. I've never, I've never been this bad. When there's something important, when there's something where there's like a main person that has to be, like imagine a surprise party. You're throwing a surprise party, you get all the the guests to come, the decorations, everything. Could you imagine forgetting to invite the guest of honor? I've never done that. Could you imagine going into a building project and and you line up the the materials, you line up the, the funds, you line up the permits, everything, but you forget to get a general contractor or an architect? Who does that? Nobody does that. Could you imagine, like, like dudes, imagine you're, you're, you want to woo this girl, you invite her over for dinner, you cook this nice dinner, you light the candles, music, everything's good, and you didn't invite her. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Even those of us who are most forgetful would never forget to do that. So here we are. We're at week five of our dream series. This is the finish line. We've been talking about how we have dreams, things that we want to see happen in our lives. We've talked about how God's dreams are bigger and better, how we we want to come alongside. We want to see God's dreams be our dreams. We want to do this with him and go after the things that he wants after our heart. Could you imagine how foolish it would be if we did not invite God into those dreams? That would be the most forgetful, foolish thing that we could ever did if we didn't invite him in the dreams. There's, there's things we talked about wanting to do as a church. We've talked about wanting to grow, not just, not just wider, more people, but growing deeper, growing deeper in relationship with each other and with God through small groups, through discipling relationships, one-on-one life together. We want to go after that dream together as a church. And not just deeper, we also want to grow wider. We want to see more people come to know the Lord. We want to outreach into our communities. We want to see more people come through our doors together. And as we do, we also want to see our congregation here reflect the community that we're in and reflect what heaven's going to be like. We want to see more diversity here, cultural diversity here at our church. We're after that as a church. We want those things. We want to be more missionally minded. 
right? We want to be a church that witnesses and goes after our neighbors and the nations. That neighbor who maybe has been burned by the church or who God is irrelevant all the way to that tribe in the middle of nowhere who's never heard the name of Jesus. We want to be after all of those things as a church. Not only that, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus here in our congregation. We want to learn how to better care for each other. We want to learn how to be the hands and feet in our community, right? We've, you know, guys, we're not a church that does amen, but if you want to amen any of this, you can, right? Amen? We want, to be, we want to be a church that goes after, that feeds people, that clothes people, that helps people see freedom. People who are bound by addiction, bound in sex trafficking, we want to see those people free. We want to go after those things as a church. Amen? We want to be debt, Greg just said it, we want to be debt free. As a church, we want to be able to have the funds, not just to get past our debt, but beyond. We want to be able to fund everything we have in mind and then some. How cool would it be to be able to help other churches say, you guys need it, we got extra. How great would that be? We want to go after all those things, and not just as a church, as individuals. We want to see breakthrough in our lives. We want to see breakthrough in our relationships, right? Our friends, our family, our marriages. We want to be after those things. And just like the church, we want to see breakthrough in our finances as well. We want to see breakthrough in our health, right? I am so sick of hearing about cancer. I want to see some healing happen up in this place, right? Amen? See some people healed? Up here, we're seeing that already. I want to see more. And we want to be after, after breakthrough in our walk with God. Each and every one of us taking a step closer to God in relationship with him. All of those things I mentioned. For our church, in an individual level, level, everything is going to take, for it to happen, a move of God. For these things to happen that we're talking about, God has got to move. If they're his dreams, if they're bigger and better than us, we need his plans, not ours. We'll be a part of them, but we need his plans. We need his power. We need his power of his Holy Spirit working through us, doing the things, empowering us to do, doing the things that we can't do, going before us, moving before us. We need those things to happen. We need that move of God. How are we going to see that happen? How can we see that happen? How can we see God move ahead of us, empower us, and move with us? There's one thing. There's one thing that's going to get us there, and one thing only. Anyone want to guess what it is? Yell it out if you know what it is. Prayer. Bingo. Thank you. It's prayer. It's prayer. Prayer precedes mighty works of God every time. Every time. Prayer precedes mighty works of God. You look all throughout this book, time and time again, uh, the, life of, the life of Moses, right? Daniel, the book of Esther, all the, old, all the Old Testament as the Israelites went. Every time God moved in a big way, there were people praying for God to move, asking him, pleading with him, to do the things in life. The New Testament church is a huge example. We're going to circle back to them in just a minute. Jesus himself, when him, as always, we see a great example of how when there was something big, what did he do? Jesus was God himself, but he still, he went to the Father and he's like, I need to circle back to the big guy. I need to circle back to where it's at. I need the strength. I need the plan. I need the power to make this happen. Jesus modeled for us, going to God every day. Time and time again, we read about he went out early in the morning by himself to pray and to be alone. Prayer always precedes a mighty work of God. And not just, not just, it's not just something that happened in Scripture thousands of years ago. We see this in the church today. You see this in movements of the church, like the early Reformation, like the churches, when they exploded. It, it, I, I wanted to share stories. I just didn't have time today, but I, go Google and read on some of the, the things that happened in the South Korean church 
in the early 1900s, and then, and then they had another like, wave of it, I think in the 70s it happened. Guys that just went there, and then this was their game plan. Hey, we're going go to we're gonna go to go, uh, South Korea, this place that, that's, that, that's a um, Buddhist country. We're going to go there, and here's our game plan on how to get people to know Jesus. We're going to go, and we're going to pray. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to move, and when he moves, we're going to come along with him. Holy cow, you look at the numbers of the explosion that happened to people in South Korea. And I see I'm talking about our ice. It's so exciting. People in South Korea praying. Right now, there's people, there's groups of people 24-7 praying for their brothers across the border in North Korea. That's what they're doing right now. It's so awesome to see that. Prayer um, follows a mighty work of God. We're so, and not just in churches, right? That's churches. In our individual lives, you look at any time somebody had a, some kind of a breakthrough in healing, a breakthrough in recovery, right? A breakthrough in reconciliation, um, discernment, right? Getting a word from, getting some knowledge, getting, getting some, asking. You, you, you want those things to happen in your life, those times when you need God to step in. What do you need to do? You need to pray, right? If we want a move of God, it's going to take movement from us toward him in prayer. Movement from us toward him in prayer will stir a movement in God. And so, I'm very excited that I get to announce something to you guys, an initiative that we are going to embark on together, all of us, as a church. And I'm really excited to lay that out in just a minute. Te- your teaser. <laughs> because before I do, uh, we, we got to get real. And I have to realize, we have to know that in this room, there are people on all different parts of the scale when it comes to prayer, Right? We got our prayer warriors. Any prayer warriors in here? See, see, the prayer warriors will raise their hand. They'll woot woot. The prayer warriors are going home after church, after being here, when the rest of us are like, oh, football or nap or whatever it is. The prayer warriors are going to their prayer closet so they can pray up what they, Those are the prayer warriors. The prayer warriors are the ones that want to change the name to Prayerdox. They actually, they do. They've asked for this. They're plotting this. So you got your prayer warriors over here, and they're, they're just waiting. They're like, Mike, shush, tell us about the initiative. How can we pray more? Okay. <laughs> you got your prayer warriors. Then, then, what are these guys called? Oh, yeah. Then over here, you got your prayer snoriers. Okay? <laughs> you got your prayer snoriers. And what I mean by that is there are some people who just right where you're at in your life right now, to you, prayer, if you're honest, is boring. Maybe to you, prayer, if you're honest, is not just boring. Maybe it feels a little irrelevant. Like maybe it feels like it's not a great use of your time. Maybe you're like, I'm so bi- who has time for prayer, right? Who has a closet for prayer? I got a bunch of stuff I got to start. Like prayer is just not in, in, your, in your vision at all. Like you don't, there's not time for prayer. Or maybe worse, maybe you've had an experience before where you've gone to God to something and you prayed for it and it didn't happen. So maybe for you, it's like, not it's just as boring, it's, it's like, it doesn't work. Maybe for some of you, you're like, well, prayer doesn't work. Or maybe for some other people, they have in their mind, like, you know what, maybe it works, but it doesn't really matter. There are people who believe that, well, God's going to do what God's going to do. God knows what I need. He's God. He'll take care of it anyway. He's got everything all mapped out and planned. Me praying is a waste of time. I don't need to do any of it. Prayer snorier, I'm over here. It's okay. If you're, whether you're over here or over here, it's okay. But I think we're going to meet somewhere in the middle today as we, as we do this. But to do that, I want to share my story with you a little bit. 
Because I feel like I've successfully navigated, if I'm honest, from over here, I'm not over there. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little past halfway. I feel like I'm kind of over in this 60, 65% right now towards a prayer warrior. Here's what changed for me. I grew up in the church. I grew up with a great family who took, we went to church every day. From the earliest memory I have, I knew Jesus. I knew, let me correct that. I knew about Jesus. I knew about Jesus from a very early age. I, I, I knew all the stories in this book. I was the kid who could answer the question. I knew all the, like I knew about Jesus early childhood and into my teens. But the thing is, is I, I don't ever remember truly knowing Jesus at that age. And definitely not in my teens and early 20s. I didn't really know him. And I definitely was not known by God because I was not actively sharing my thoughts, my feelings, my prayers with him. I, I, I maintained my faith all the way through my life and in my 20s and stuff. Like, I'd throw up the, you ever hear the flare, flare prayer? Anybody flare prayers? Right? You're like, like someone says, like, oh, God, please help me with this. Okay, got to run. Right? Right? Or like someone says, hey, would you please pray for me? I, I've got a job interview. Dude, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. God, help him find a job. Amen. Like, <laughs> and, and it's not that it's bad, but just that like, like it's, it's giving God, like, I'll give you this much. This is embarrassing. There was actually a point in my life when this was my prayer life. <laughs> this was my prayer life. I had this great idea. Hey, I want to be, I, I actually got to the point where, like, I want to be after God. I want to be after time with him, like, dedicated time. What's something that I do regularly every day where I can have a little time and I'll give that to him and I'll pray? <laughs> Some of you are laughing already. You know me too well. It wasn't driving my car. <laughs> it wasn't eating. It was the toilet time. I was like, great idea. I'm already like kneeling, kneeling, <laughs> kind of like down like this. Like, I'm in there at least a couple minutes. It makes sense. Like, that's the time. Not, again, not that that's bad. And if you pray in the toilet, keep at it. I, I just, I realized like, literally, I'm, I'm literally giving God my crap time. I'm, I'm giving him my poo-poo time. Like, that, it doesn't, it didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. So here's, so here's the thing that started to shift in me. I don't know exactly when it was a process, and I'm, I'm still in process, but again, I'm think I'm, I feel like I'm getting over here. And that's when I really started to feel his presence when I was praying. And I really started to see things happen. Things happen. And I know you guys, there's so many amazing stories, right? If you're at World Mandate, there's a lot of amazing stories. People ask around. People have stories of God healing them, of just amazing things happen. Um, Quick one, just, just before the World Mandate Conference, we were here that Thursday night, and, and I was praying to kind of close out the evening, and I threw out this prayer. I'm like, God, would you please um, keep the devil out of our sound system and our electronics so that the concert goes well, because he likes to mess with that stuff. Uh, Tony Tresino was doing the lights back there, and he told me after, he goes, Mike, he goes, when you were up there praying, we'd been trying for half an hour to get that little loop thing lit. It wouldn't light. It wouldn't light. We gave up. He goes, as soon as you prayed it, come on. I'm like... I mean, like, yeah, yes, right? Like, like, stuff like that. I'm starting to see things like that happen. And it's building my faith back up. And I'm like, yes, this does work. Prayer does matter. God is listening. And God will move. God will move 
when we move towards them. Um, we, we're in a, a, a small group uh, called Training Camp, and it's all the ministry leaders are doing today. Dave and Gwen are doing a great job leading us in this intense small group, going through things. One of the books we had to read is called God Has a Name. Uh, I recommend it. Super cool book. I want to read part of this book because I think it kind of encapsulates uh, what a lot of people where I was at, sometimes still am at, if I'm honest, but I think this, this sums it up really well. I want to read this to you. It's a little long, but this guy writes really well, so here we go. He says, most of us don't actually pray. Prayer is what Moses did when, with God in the tent, what Jesus did with the Father in Gethsemane. It's brutally honest, naked, and vulnerable. It's when your deepest desires and fears and hopes and dreams leak out of your mouth with no inhibition. It's when you talk to God with the edit button in the off position and you feel safe and heard and loved. It's the kind of relation exchange you can't get enough of. And our prayers make a difference. Most of us don't actually believe that prayer changes reality, but it does. The philosopher Dallas Willard, he wrote, God's response to our prayers is not not a charade. He does not pretend that he, has, that he is answering our prayers when he is only doing what he was going to do anyway. Our requests really do make a difference in what God does or does not do. The idea that everything would happen exactly as it would regardless of whether we pray or not is a specter that haunts the minds of many who sincerely profess to believe in God. It makes prayer psychologically impossible replacing it with dead ritual at best. And of course, God does not respond to this. Neither would we. Prayer can move the hand of God. Prayer can get God to change his mind. Think about the gravity of that. Prayer is when your life trajectory is going in the wrong direction, so you dialogue with God, and he responds, and your life goes another way. The thing that was going to happen, but now it's not. That thing wasn't going to happen, but now it is. Because I just had a conversation with God. Think about, I love that line there. It goes, think about the gravity of that. God who created everything with his breath, with his voice, is ready to use that same voice to speak to us, to listen, to hear our voice. Like the gravity of that is just amazing. And like we said, we see it time and time again throughout Scripture. Scripture, scripture tells us this. And, and let, me, let me read a couple verses for you. Um, like we mentioned at the beginning, if you have the YouVersion app, you can pull it out. These verses are in there. Some of them are going to be up on the screen, but I'm going to go kind of rapid pace here and follow along. Because I want you to see, I want to paint a picture for you of what it means that our prayers mean to God. So the book of James, chapter 5. James, the brother of Jesus. And one of his letters wrote, writes this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other. He's writing to the church. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and, say it, effective. Effective. James would not say that our prayers are effective if they couldn't affect anything. Right? If our prayers are just meaningless and God's going to do whatever, it doesn't make sense, Right? He says our prayers are effective. We can affect change, not just, in, not just in this world, but in the spiritual realms. And what God will move and mobilize on our behalf and ahead of us in our plans in his dreams when we pray. Now, you might be saying, well, that's, that's, that's James. Maybe he had it wrong. Okay, let's go to Jesus. All right, the book of Luke, chapter 18. Let's see what Jesus said about prayer. Right? There's this time when Jesus is teaching the people in, in parables. He liked to tell stories, and he tells this story. In chapter 18, verse 1, he says this. 
Jesus told the disciples, um, he said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. Um, you know what? I, different version. I'm going to read it from the screen. I remember this, this version. All right, let me go back. Thank you. Um, uh, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterwards he said to himself, though I, never, though I never fear God nor respect man, yet this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. So that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, listen, this is Jesus now wrapping up. So he paints this picture of this woman. She comes coming to this judge again and again. The judge is like, fine, finally, just leave me alone. But look at how Jesus paints this for us. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus, when he was teaching in parables, he liked to, he liked to paint these stories. But then he would frequently say, man does it this way, then there's God's way, right? And he's showing us this picture like, if an unjust judge who doesn't care will eventually give justice just to get someone to leave them alone. How much more so will our Father in heaven, who's the definition of justice and mercy, how much more so will he grant us what we're after when we're after his dreams and his will, right? How much more so when we come to him over and over again and again and in numbers and say, God, please move. We have a good judge who loves us, a father who loves us, who's going to move. In that. And it's not, it's, let, me, let me paint a little bit more, a little bit broader brush. So it's not just when we go to him once in a while. Check this out, 1 Thessalonians. So Paul is writing to the church there. And he says this in chapter 5. Paul says, rejoice only, I'm sorry, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will for us, that we would pray continually. All, all, all I have snoreers over here are like, uh-uh. <laughs> all my prayer warriors are like, amen, yeah, right? Don't, don't freak out, <laughs> snoreers, right? Like, pray continually. That just, to me, that just means we're keeping God in mind throughout our day. We're, it's, it's, it's fruitful and awesome and great to set aside times and seasons and places to go to God on the toilet, and whatever it is, like that's, that's good. It's also good throughout our daily life, wherever we're going, continually to seek after him, to talk to him, conversate with a God who loves us and who is with us always, right? So we want, we want, to, we want to be constant in prayer. We want to be continual in prayer. Now, I want, I want to address one, one possible pushback. There's some of you who might be saying, yeah, but I seem to remember, this is the, this is the prayer scenarios over here, I seem to remember there was a verse where Jesus said, you're not supposed to pray a lot. You know what I'm talking about? I'll read it to you. This is what they're, this is what they're referring to, but I want to I break this down, and I want to actually show you that Jesus meant something really cool and deeper in this meaning. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is addressing prayer. He's doing it in context of, of, of people saying how they're supposed to act out their religious lives. There were people who were on the streets giving to the needy, but they would come with gongs and tambourines and be like, 
I'm giving to this guy. Like, and there were other people who would, who would fast as a sign of their religious. And they, when they fast, they would, they would just look awful, like, oh, whoo, I can't barely stand. I'm fasting. Jesus was like, no. When you give, give in secret. When you, when you fast, fast in secret. And in that context, he says this about prayer. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask him. So let's take a step back. Let's look at this full picture of what we're saying, right? We're saying that, that James says our prayers are righteous, of the righteous ones are effective. Our prayers are effective, right? Jesus is saying, keep them coming, keep them coming. I'll listen. God can take it. Bring more and more. He will listen. He'll do justice. Uh, Paul is saying, pray continually all throughout your life and, and all, all throughout your day, right? And Jesus is saying, and do it humbly and, and not out forever. It's not for a show. It's not a show, right? This is, this is you connecting. This is relationship with God. This isn't for show, right? So in that context, do you see how we can affect change? Through going to God continually, constantly, together, right? It's beautiful. I love what Dave said. This was uh, three weeks ago in his message. I wrote it down. It was really good. He said, prayer unlocks and unleashes things that couldn't and wouldn't happen if we, if we didn't engage in prayer. I believe that. I believe that. Church, do you believe that? Prayer can unlock and unleash things that God is ready and willing to do. He needs to know that we're on board. He wants to be invited to the party, like the, the thing that, whatever the, the initiative, the thing that we're after with him. He wants to be a part. He's just waiting for us to invite him into that, to unleash that. I mentioned, I mentioned the early church, right? We, we, we've, talked, we've been talking about them. You've, you may, if you've been in church circles at all for a while, you've heard about the Acts 2 church, right? And it's in the book of Acts chapter 2, we, we see this picture of the church going after it. But I want to I highlight a couple things. I want to take a quick blitz through there real quick and highlight a couple things. And ironically, it's going to be really all the same thing. <laughs> so in Acts chapter 1, Verse 14, listen to this. This is this, okay, so this is after Jesus, Jesus came, right? Jesus died for our sins. He rose again. He appeared to, to disciples. He appeared to many people for 40 days, and then he goes to the Father in heaven. Before he goes, he gives the famous marching orders, like, go therefore into the world, baptize all nations, uh, in name of Father and Son, and, and, you know, make disciples of all nations. Jesus sends them out, go, he leaves, he's in heaven, right? And he says to them, but before he goes, he says, here's what you need to do. Go back, go back to the city, go to Jerusalem and wait there. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. God himself, God's spirit will, is going to come. It's going to come on you with power. Power and plans, direction and strength from God himself to do the things that I've just called you to do. He sends them back to the city. So here's them. This, they're going back to the city, and they're all together in one room. It lists the people who are there, who are in this room, and it says, they were all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So the disciples and, and, and his, his tight-knit people, they've come together. They're probably a little bit on the run, right? There's probably some who would still say, well, you're with that Jesus guy. So they're, they're kind of sequestered and hidden. But are they just sitting there like, 
well, he said this Holy Spirit was coming. And maybe, you know, watching Netflix. I don't know. No, they were in constant prayer, right? They were saying, God, we believe in you. We want in. Bring it to us, right? Do I think that means that they were praying 24-7? No, but I do believe it means they were constantly after it. Maybe they were taking shifts. Maybe they were taking shifts to do it. Um, if we go a little farther in chapter 2, the famous verses in chapter 2, right? I want to stop in the middle of this. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. I'm going to stop it there. So here they are all together. Now the Holy Spirit has come to the apostles, and they've gone out and they've preached to people. It's the Bible says they saw three, over 3,000 come to know the Lord that day just from that power that went out from the Holy Spirit that made them bold to, to say the gospel in the name of Jesus, right? And now, and now they're, they're sitting there and they're praying together and they're waiting. And, and then, and this is cool, last one. So in uh, chapter 4, so now some of, some of the apostles are going out and they're teaching, they're filled with power, they're healing people. They heal this guy and it raises the attention of the authorities and they call them in and they can, they, what can they say? They call them in and they're like, uh, you shouldn't be healing people. You know, who, who told you you could heal this? They're like, Jesus. We're, we're healing in the name of Jesus. And they're like, and they see the guy who they know for years and years has been a cripple who now can walk. What could they say? They're like, okay, um, all right. But don't do that anymore. And send them on their way. So they go back, and I love this part. This is in chapter 4, um, verse 31. Um, so they go back and they meet with the people and they celebrate all the things that God did. So now listen to this. After they prayed, and they, they're talking about the bigger group of people. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Boldly. That's awesome. Right? We, do you want to see that? I want to see that. I want to see, see works of God moving in my life, in our church. I want to see those things. The signs and what, like, do you know we can still see that today? I believe we can. I believe if we go together after it, right, pray constantly, pray together, we can see these things happen. You don't have to be a prayer warrior to, to, to go after that. You just, you just maybe have to take one step off of this, right? Like, like maybe, maybe take one step off of the, it can't happen, won't happen, I'm not doing it with, Maybe take one step. We've talked all this series about taking steps. You guys clipped your commitment cards up here to say that I'm taking, I'll take a step in an area of connection with God. Maybe this is that step. Maybe there's a step for you to take in prayer. You know, like, I don't do this prayer thing. I'm going to try it. I'm just going to go to God. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to try it. So have I got something for you. <laughs> this is exciting. We are going to launch this initiative for the next five weeks, and we are calling it the House of Prayer. So in the book of Isaiah, chapter 56, God says, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations. God says that the place where you come to meet him, to gather this place where we come to worship him, should be called a house of prayer. God knew the importance of that, right? Prayer precedes a mighty move of God. I want to see my move of God. We're going to make that happen in this place. So here's what we're going to do. For the next four weeks, every Wednesday, from sunup till sundown, thank you, Daylight Savings, that's now 8 to 8. From 8 to 8, every Wednesday for the next four weeks, we have time slots open. And the Revolution Room, the Student Ministry Room that's right over there, we're going to set that up every Wednesday. You can sign up 
for an hour time slot to come in and pray and be in that room in prayer. It is our goal and our hope and our desire every single hour time slot will have at least, it doesn't have to have one, at least one name in it. That at least one of you will fill that room, sun up to sundown, for one month on Wednesdays. We're going to do it. All right? Awesome, right? <laughs> Easter week, between, between uh, Palm Sunday and Easter, that Monday through Saturday, we're going to do it every day. We're going to hit it hard right before Easter, asking God to move in this place. There's two ways that you can sign up to do that, right? You can go online. If you go back to the YouVersion app or if you go onto our website, there's a way for you to link to uh, Sign Up Genius. It's a website. You can go. There's all the time slots. You just fill your name in. Or if you're old school and you like game shows, <laughs> like you can sign up on the whiteboard, right? Look, I took the first spot. It's done. 8 o'clock this Wednesday, I'm going to be there. If anyone wants to join me, please come join me. So you can sign up on this. We're going to wheel this back out into the lounge. There's markers. You can sign up there. You can go online. And we are going to go after this. Thank you, Red. That's awesome. You take that back. Now, here's the thing. I guarantee you there's some of you. Maybe, maybe you, you were here and you're like, yeah, I'll take the step. I'm going to take a step. And then I said one hour and you're like, whoa, whoa. I, I almost stepped over there. What did I almost do? Let's be honest, like, like you've sp- think about the times you spend an hour doing something, right? <laughs> right? One hour to try connecting with God. And, it's, and, and if, if your vision of prayer is like, all right, I'm going to be on my knees for one hour like this, talking, God, would you please? Like, like, then your vision of prayer is where mine used to be and, and where you need to expand it a little bit. Here's what we're going to have in that room. If you go into this room, we're going to have some music playing. We're going to have an environment of some worship music that you, can, you could just sit there and listen to the words of the song, and just pray those words over to yourself. We're going to have Bibles. You're encouraged to bring your own. You can bring your Bible, and you can sit there and just say, God, I want to hear from you. Go to the Psalms. Go to somewhere, right? And you can open it and do it. There's this, there's this thing that we have, and I, I, early on, I thought that there's these spiritual disciplines, they call it in the church, right? You've got, you've got, uh, you got reading your Bible. You got, you got prayer. You got worship. And maybe service. Like, like, they're separate things. They're not separate things, right? Like, God is in all of it, right? If you're going to the house of prayer and you want to sing, you sing praises to God, right? If you're in the house of prayer and you get an idea for, for an outreach movement, you want to grab that pencil and paper. Thank you, God. Give it to me. Write it down, right? right? It's not just about sitting there and, and re- reciting some rote prayer. If you want to do that, you want to go back to Matthew chapter 6 and read the Lord's Prayer 27 times, go for it. That's great. That's fine. Do that if you want to do that. We're going to have a great environment in there. And some of you, you might be like, okay, all right, all right, Mike, you're, you're getting me there. I'm ready to take the step. Or maybe you're like, I'm going to take another step. But you're like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm going to say to God. It's been a long time since me and the big guy talked. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. We're going to have we're going to have guides there for you. We're going to have a guide that just talks about prayer and what that means and how simple it can be. And we're going to have weekly guides that talk about things that we're going after together as a church. Like this week, these are the things that we really want to pray in together. It's really that simple. Things you can do when you talk to God. You can confess. You can confess. There's actually spots in the Bible that talk about how God, God wants to hear our prayers. But think about a human relationship. If you've got something between somebody, is it is it? Is it easy to go and like pretend like everything's fine, everything's normal? Are you gonna talk about like like no? You got there's some stuff 
we've got to deal with with God. But the good news is that's really easy. You go to him and he's like, God, I know there's this thing and I'm sorry. I want to change that. Would you help me change that? There's this thing I did or said. There's this, there's this, this, this hardness I've had in my heart towards you, God. I want, would you help me? So- Whatever it is, you can confess to God. You can profess to God. You can just sit there and tell him how awesome he is. God doesn't need to hear that. We need to say that. We need to remind ourselves how awesome God is, how much he loves us and cares for us. We need to say that. You can confess, you can profess, you can process things with God. There's nothing, there's been mornings I've come in here, the morning, and I've got so much on my mind. I sit in this chair during the week by myself, and I just, no agenda, I'm like, God, just help me think. And I start thinking through things. I invite him in, and my crazy brain that forgets everything actually starts to make some sense of stuff. It's amazing. I'm like, thank you, Holy Spirit. That was really awesome. But it's not, just, it's not just talking to God. Let me paint a little bit broader picture. In our human relationship, a healthy human relationship isn't one-sided, right? If one person does all the talking, that's not a relationship. That's a, I almost made a joke I shouldn't make. Um, <laughs> get myself into trouble. That's wisdom. Um, healthy human relationships have two-way communications, right? We can talk to God. We can sit and listen. You can go to that room and you can sit there and say, lay it on me. And maybe some of you are over here and you're like, all right, I'm going to try and take this step. And there's a part of you that's like, you said God will talk. All right, let's see it. Can Can I tell you something? I believe you will. I believe if you sit in that room for an hour and you honest, honestly say to him, I want to hear from you. Something's going to come to your mind that was not from you. Some, a feeling, something, it'll be a step. Something's going to come to your mind that was not from you, and that's from God. That's, that's God's spirit talking to your spirit, communicating something to you. And, and healthy human relationships aren't just two-way communication. If you really have a friendship with someone, you're close to someone, you can just be with them. You can just abide with them, and you don't even have to talk. Right? We want a healthy relationship with God. We can just go to that room. We can just be with them. Enjoy the music. Maybe read something from this book and just just be there. Because here's the thing, right? We said we want to see these moves of God. We want to see his plans. We want to see his power. That's all great. Amen. Yes, I want to see those things. But it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. If he's not like, not just in it. His presence. If we're not with him in spirit, in presence, then it just doesn't really mean much for us. This house of prayer is an opportunity for you to go to talk to him, to hear to him, to abide with him, and just be with him. Now, of course, I know, I know you can be with God anywhere, anytime. He is with us. When we, like, like if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit abides in you. Amen. I'm not saying you have to go to that room. That's where he's going to be Wednesday. Like, no. No. So some of you are like, well, why do we have to go? I could just do it at home. Yes. Amen. Do it at home. Pray at home. Please, <laughs> pray at home every day. Don't sign up for a time slot for that. Like, just do it, right? But you know this. There's something different when you come to somebody. When you step, physically step in to a relationship with somebody. When you take that step, there's something powerful that's going to happen for you, for us, when we take a step together into that room and go to him. There's nothing magic about the room there's awesomeness in him, right? We take that step in. 
And then when we do it as a church, how encouraging is that going to be? I'm, I can't wait to see that whiteboard fill up with names, right? And overlap them, that's fine. Like, I, how encouraging to go after this together. And how awesome for God to be sitting up in there in the throne room and, and just hear from Paradox Church. God, move, move, move. It's going to be so cool. In closing, I want to invite up my friend Cecilia and Isaac. They're going to come on up. I want to tell you a story about this real quick. This is another cool way we saw God move. Yeah, come on up, guys. So, so yeah, give me a hand. Cecilia and Isaac, newlyweds since last fall, right? Everything's still good? Okay, all right. So, so about, about the turn of the year, sometime around December, January, like I felt God moving in my heart personally to kind of unroll this. Like we have to be going after, this was even before the dream series was formed. Like we gotta be going after God in prayer. And then we're at a pit stop here in this room. This is our quarterly like church gathering meeting thing of stuff. And Dave challenged us going into, into the um this dream series. Hey, get together at some tables and share some dreams. So we were at a table together, right? And what was, the, what was that phrase that you said? I don't remember exactly what I said, but I felt like God was calling us to start a house of prayer. That's the phrase. <laughs> she said, house of prayer. I'm like, that's it. That's it. We started going back and forth. So since then, the three of us have been talking, working together, putting together some of the documents that you're going to see in that room. And we're excited to go after this together. And I just want to thank them for their, for their partnership in this. And so if you have any questions about what this looks like, here's three people you can come talk to. All right. Awesome. All right. Cecilia, would you kick us into worship with some prayer? Let's, we've talked about prayer. Let's do it. Or whoever. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord. And thank you for this dream that you have given us at church to pray, to pray for you to pray and come to you close and to have a closer relationship with you Lord and yeah Lord we just say we are ready and we are joyful filled with joyful to come and pray to, to you and have a great relationship with you and see things transformed and see things changed Lord we just say we love you and we ask it in your name Amen Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.